You know, God's been kind of stirred in my heart about this series. Uh, I want to preach on the book of Proverbs a little bit. And I love Proverbs personally. It's one of those books that is life for me. Um, I can recall as a, as a young man, um, one of my idols was Billy Graham. I don't know that Billy Graham would appreciate me saying idol, but he was someone I really looked up to. And I remember reading in his autobiography that he would read Proverbs. Now, Billy Graham is better than me. I'm fallible. Um, I haven't done this. But he said basically in his life practice, what he learned, one of his best disciplines was there's typically 30 or 31 days in a month. There's 31 Proverbs. So whatever day it was, he would read that proverb for the day. So today's the 13th. So he'd read Proverbs 13. Why? Because Proverbs is a book. And now I, I want to talk about it because it's a book of Proverbs. And, and the reality is it's a book that I use gold up here on my background for a reason. And the reason why I love Proverbs is I don't think it matters what day of the month it is. I can, I can read in the book and typically there's a nugget that's applicable to me that day. Typically when I read that chapter, I can find something because the Proverbs is cool. I mean, I don't have to have a long attention span. I can be ADD and it doesn't matter because we're not connecting the dots a whole lot. I mean, it's just simple nuggets. That's all it is. Nugget after nugget after nugget. So if I don't get this nugget, I just go on to the next one and see what God reveals to me there. I like it. I mean, it's simple for my brain. I don't have to worry about how far back we go or what the, the, the theme of the story is because the reality is these are all nuggets that come from a man named Solomon. He's the one who kind of is uh, a tribute to accumulating. Now I know later on there's some kings that get some attributes for some of these other proverbs, but but Solomon is the one who kind of gets the credit for putting this book together. Well, who was he? He was someone who was known for his wisdom. Second Chronicles says, That night God appeared to Solomon and said, Ask for whatever you want me to give you. And Solomon answered, God, you've shown great kindness to David my father and have made me king in his place. Now, Lord God, let your promise to my father David be confirmed. For you've made me king over a people who are as numerous as the dust of the earth. And he asked for something. He said, give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? God said to Solomon, since your heart, since this is your heart's desire, you've not asked for wealth or possessions or honor, nor for death of your enemies. And since you have not asked for a long life, but for wisdom and knowledge to govern my people over whom I've made you king, Therefore, wisdom and knowledge will be given to you. Solomon became known for the wisdom and knowledge that was given to him. And I will also give you wealth, possessions, honor, such as no king who was before you has ever had and none after you will have. First Kings talks a little bit about Solomon's reputation. God gave Solomon wisdom and very great insight and a breadth of understanding as measureless as the sand on the seashore. Solomon's wisdom was greater than the wisdom of all of the people of the East, greater than the wisdom of, of Egypt. He was wiser than anyone else, including Ethan the Ezraite, wiser than He-Man. I mean, seriously, who's wiser than He-Man? I'm not sure if that's how you pronounce it, but that's how I'm going to say it this morning. Calcol and Darda, the sons of Mahal. Um, and his fame spread to all the surrounding nations. He spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his song numbered 1,005. 
He spoke about plant life from the cedar of Lebanon to the hyssop that grows out of the walls. He also spoke about animals and birds and reptiles and fish. From all nations, people came to listen to Solomon's wisdom sent by all the kings of the world who had heard his wisdom. I mean, this is the guy who was attributed with the book of of Proverbs that we had. People would come from all over to hear his nuggets of wisdom, to have the opportunity that we have before us every day to look at his Proverbs and see what nugget there was for me, what jewel was mine for today. That's the man who we attribute this book to. You know, I love Proverbs because of the nuggets, but I also love Proverbs uh, probably for a bad reason, but, but if you've read Proverbs enough, you know that at times there's things that you read and you say, whoa. There's really candid words in Proverbs. And this series that, that I want to look through, this series that, that we're going to be looking at are, are, are probably Proverbs that... I, I was telling a friend of mine this week. I sent him a, a slide from my sermon that will come later. And he laughed about what it said. And, and then I said, I don't know why I've waited ten years to preach this sermon. I mean, because basically there are Proverbs that are so candid that any pastor wants to preach these things. And we want to say these things, but we're afraid to say them because they're not really politically correct. And so over the next few weeks, I want to look at some Proverbs that are, are nothing but candid. They speak right at you. I'm going to read a proverb in a second, and you're going to say, Pastor, that can't be in the Bible. I'll just read it. Actually, I'll pray first, because we need God's anointing on His Word today. Father, I come to you this morning, and I thank you for the opportunity to look at your Word. I thank you for wisdom. I thank you for the book of wisdom. And the opportunity before me to have wisdom. God, I pray in this room, all of us, our hearts, our minds, our our thoughts would be yielded to you, that you would speak to us. And God, I pray that as we look at the candidness of your word, that you speak to our hearts. Help us to recognize where this word applies to us and, and in what we can do about it. Father, I pray for myself as the pastor. I ask for your anointing to be upon my words. I pray, God, that... That, that, that you would use me this day, a yielded servant, a yielded vessel for your work, your anointing, your power, in Jesus' name. Amen. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 1. Here we go. You can pull that up even. So you know I didn't make this up. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge. But whoever hates correction is stupid. What? God said what? We're not allowed to call people stupid. Man, I've been excited about this sermon all week. I mean, I could not wait. I mean, when I thought of this message, I mean, the title that I put for Irene this morning on the computer, the title of my sermon is Don't Be Stupid. What pastor in America hasn't wanted to preach this sermon? Seriously, Tanner, it's going to fly with the college kids, man. Don't be stupid. If I had a dollar for every time I thought that in my life in ministry, 
I'd be ready for retiring. I mean, seriously, I'm reading the Word of God and I'm thinking, I mean, the Amplified Version, whoever loves instruction and discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof and correction, I mean, Amplified couldn't even go any further. The Amplified basically says he's stupid. I mean, Amplified, they come up with lots of words for lots of things. It's really, and he just leaves it. (laughs) You're stupid. Wow. I think Bradley would hear that, and if I didn't have a verse on the bottom, and you didn't go to your Bible real quick to make sure pastor's not making this up, you think, are you sure that's in the Bible? I mean, God wouldn't talk about people being stupid, would He? Proverbs chapter 12. And I promise, just like I was talking about nuggets, there is some, some gold in this verse. There's some genuine value in this verse when we get back from the shock and awe of of reading stupid in our Bible and we focus on, on what this word is communicating. The reason why Solomon, the man who who had wisdom uh, from all over, the wisdom, the, the renown of wisdom from everywhere, he put this particular verse in, in, in his accumulation of, of Proverbs for a very real reason, because there is some genuine truth in this word. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. You know, he said, whoever loves wisdom... Or loves discipline, I'm sorry. Loves knowledge. That word discipline, discipline or instruction. Whoever loves discipline or instruction. I mean, who here says, yeah, I love discipline. I mean, that's what I wake up for. I wake up for instruction. I can't wait for someone to tell me what to do. Mike, that's what you say every day when you get up. You can't wait for Cheryl to tell you what to do, right? I'm right there with you, Mike. I agree 100%. I mean, I wake up waiting for instruction. Roy, you know what I'm talking about? Roy's not smiling as much. It might hit a little closer to home. (laughs) Whoever loves discipline or instruction loves knowledge. I mean, the, 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 the proverb there is telling me there's something in that that I should aspire for. This book of Proverbs, it starts, the, this is Proverbs chapter 1. His purpose. This is Solomon saying my purpose for putting this all together. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. For gaining wisdom and instruction. For understanding words of insight. For receiving instruction in prudent behavior, and doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. It says in verse 7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools, they despise wisdom and instruction. So instead of calling them stupid, now he's saying they're foolish. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland 
to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. I mean, the, 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 the writer of Proverbs, Solomon here, is saying there is something so valuable in discipline or instruction. It is something that will adorn your head or, or be a, a, a garland around your neck. I mean, it is something valuable. It is something worth pursuing. It's something worth receiving. I mean, if I got my wallet out, and I'm not, because there's probably not much in it, and I went to hand you, I would only do it to my wife, because then if it just come back, a, a $10 bill or a $50 bill, you're going to take it because there's value in receiving what I'm offering, right? Solomon's saying that, that I've, I've put this book together for a purpose, and it's to give instruction. The book that, 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 that he's put, these Proverbs that, that I'm writing down are to give very practical, he says, prudent instruction. Behavior and, and those kind of things. Instruction and prudent behavior, doing what is right, what is just, and what is fair. I'm trying to put these things down so life will go well for you. Oh, to love instruction. Like something that I, I pursue, something that I, that, I, that I chase after. You know, my wife, this is a humble moment, please excuse me. She pursued me because she loved me. Right? Amen? <laughs> I'm not lying. We can have this argument right now, but we'll just leave it. <laughs> when you love something, you chase after it. Right? When you love something, you, you rearrange to experience it. When you love something, you value it enough that other things aren't so important anymore. Do I love a discipline and instruction? I mean, do I really believe that, that the discipline and instruction out there is valuable enough to pursue and chase? Do I really believe that there is instruction out there like that someone gets me better than I get myself that God maybe gets me more than I get myself that it's worth pursuing and digging in and and chewing on and being smacked in the face and stepped on my toes because of the instruction that he's given me the discipline that he's he's put before me I mean what do you love Proverbs 8 Now then my children listen to me Blessed are those who keep my ways. Listen to my instruction to be wise. Do not disregard it. Blessed are those who listen to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway for the Lord, for those who find me find life and receive favor from the Lord. But those who fail to find me harm themselves. All hate me. All who hate me Love death. I mean, do you really believe that? 
I'm going to pursue the instruction. This is wisdom. Wisdom is a lady in this book personified. She's speaking. And, and wisdom comes from God. Remember, we read in Proverbs chapter 1 that fear of the Lord was the beginning of wisdom. Do I pursue the wisdom of God with a passion that says to me, I have to wait daily because there's life in this word. There's there's vitality in the instruction that's coming. I mean, can you imagine our marriages if we just waited for the next time our wife was going to give us instruction with this excitement of life and vitality? Seriously, okay. Can you imagine, wives, if you waited for that moment of instruction from your husband every day? With the reality that this brings life and value? Man. What do you love? He said, waiting at the door. You know, when I, when I go on trips sometimes for weekends, my kids are waiting for me to come home. And usually they hear me pull in the garage and they run downstairs so they can experience me. Man. What about God's instruction? Like, am I, am I waiting for that next revelation? Am I digging for that next nugget? Realizing that there is genuine value in His Word. There is genuine value in His, in His teaching that it will give me life. Or, those who fail me, or fail to find me, they harm themselves. All who hate me love death. What do you love? What are you pursuing? You know, the reality is this, this particular proverb, it can be very applicable on a, on a person-to-person level as well. Okay? Let's just imagine for the sake of an argument that I got this wild hair and decided to buy me some cows. I buy me some cows and I put them in my backyard here in town because I have nowhere else for them to go. And I decide that because hay's a little messy, I'm just going to go ahead and feed them whatever we have for dinner every night. And Greg comes and talks to me and says, Hey, Steve, what you're doing isn't very wise. Let me give you a couple tips. And Greg, he, he, he values me enough that he tells me what I should do to, to, to raise these cows. And, and he's got experience. He knows what he's doing. And he tells me these things. They need more grass than your backyard can offer. There's grass there. Grows sometime. And I didn't listen to Greg and my cows died. What would you call me? If I go fishing with Walt and I'm sitting in a boat with him and I watch him catch fish after fish 
after fish and I haven't got a bite all day. And he says, hey, Steve, here's what I'm using. You just need to go ahead and put this on your line, tie it on your string and, and, and do this, uh, do this kind of retreat with this lure and you'll catch something. And I continue to catch nothing. What would you call me? Stupid. It's all right. We're in church and you can say stupid this morning. It's a blessed day to be in church. Proverbs chapter 12. The way of fools seems right to them, but the wise, they listen to advice. Proverbs chapter 19 verse 20 says, Listen to advice and accept discipline, and in the end you will be counted among the wise. Many are the plans of a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. I'm going to catch some fish if I listen to wise counsel. My cows won't starve if I listen to wise counsel. You won't consider me stupid if I pay attention to wise counsel around me. Now, I know the Proverbs, Solomon was wise, and he also talked about listening to a fool. Right? And he doesn't advise you listen to a fool. I realize that it matters who the counsel is coming from, But who is wise in your life? Who will you allow to speak? I mean, we don't like correction. Let's be honest. I mean, honestly. Who do we allow to correct us? Who do we seek out instruction and wisdom from? Is there someone that you trust? If there isn't, you have to find someone. We'll get to the Bible, Joel, but I'm talking about relationally now. I'm talking about in your life. Like when you're trying to figure things out. And you don't know what to do. Guess what? Find someone who knows and seek them out. If you don't, you're stupid. Man, this is weird. I did not expect that this morning. So we can look for instruction from others. Joellen mentioned the Word of God. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent His rebuke because the Lord disciplines those He loves as a father, the son He delights in. Let me tell you, God has given you instruction. God has now given us a spirit who who dwells within us, the spirit who is the advocate and counselor. He's the one who convicts our hearts. Man, excuse me. When we're in a situation and God is speaking and we do the exact opposite of what God says to do, you are what? Stupid. John chapter 14, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. God desires to teach you what? How much instruction does God want to give you? He wants to teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. What do you love? Romans chapter 15, verse 4, For whatever was written in the former days was written for our instruction, 
so that through endurance and through the encouragement of the Scriptures, we might have hope. I'm going to tell you something. This might be new. This might be surprising. But in God's discipline and His instruction is life. God loves you. God wants you to do well. God wants to set you free from the prison so you can go back. God desires to do good things for you. He wants to see you blessed. He's, he's given us the Spirit of God who indwells us, who is a counselor for us, who speaks to us, who instructs us, yet we ignore Him all the time. What do you love? Because it says, he who hates correction is stupid. Hates literally translated means detest. This is the other translations or the other ways you'll see this word used. The enemy of, the enmity, foe, hate, hated, hated her intensely. Hates, hating, hatred, turned against, turns against, unloved. Whoever hates correction whoever rejects correction, whoever despises correction. Stupid. Irene, I want to skip over that that Exodus verse. I, I want to read a verse in Jeremiah chapter 7. You know, I look at the Israelites sometimes. When I read my Bible... And when I, 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 I'm not in church, of course, when I say this, but when I read about them and what God does for them and what He speaks to them and how He's delivered them, and then I see them worshiping a fat calf or a gold calf, man, I just say, man, they're stupid. From the time your ancestors, this is Jeremiah, he says this, from the time your ancestors left Egypt until now, day after day, again and again, I sent you, uh, my servants, the prophets, but... But they did not listen to me or pay attention. They were stiff-necked and did more evil than their ancestors. Ancestors, When you tell them all this, they will not listen to you. And when you call them, they don't answer. Therefore, say to them, this is the nation that does not obey the Lord, it's God, or responded to correction. Truth has perished. It has vanished from their lips. Man. You know, it's easy when I'm on this side of the book. It's easy when I'm reading in the book of Exodus and I'm reading through, through what happened in the Exodus and I'm reading the Old Testament through the judges and, and through the kings. It's easy for me to look back at Israel and say, Dude, you're stupid. God did what? I mean, think about it. He gave them, he gave them quail because they said they were hungry. He gave them manna because they said they were hungry. He brought water from the rock because they said they were thirsty and they wanted to go back to Egypt. Dude, you're stupid! Another story, I don't have this in my notes, but Angie referenced it in Sunday school this morning. I read this story in Scripture. This is in Matthew chapter 19. I'll read it. Then Jesus, this is in verse 16. 
Just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher. So he knows this is where he's getting instruction from, right? Why would he call him teacher? Teachers are discipline and instruction, right? Cheryl? Not so much Ryan. Michelle? I love you, Ryan, so much. Just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good, Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones, he inquired. Jesus replied, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, honor your father and mother, and love your neighbor as yourself. The man says rather proudly in my interpretation, all these I have kept, the young man said, what do I still lack? I mean, I'm still seeking instruction, right? Jesus answered if, you want, answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor. And you'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Verse 22. Verse 22. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Every time I read that story, I just want to say, dude, you're stupid. Like, really? You just asked the teacher what you had to do. He told you everything you had to do. And you said, oh, I got too much money. I can't do that. He promised you treasures in heaven. So you're just kind of trading your treasure. He's promised you treasures in heaven. Yet you're saying, this is too hard. And you walk away sad. Pull that next slide up. All-time favorite slide. Oh, I thought I had that alone. Don't. Be stupid. I mean, if I... Don't don't put those scriptures up yet. Yeah, that's all I want. If you leave here with a picture in your mind this morning, I want that to be the picture in your mind. I mean, I've dreamed of the opportunity as a pastor to stand in a pulpit and say, don't be stupid. There are conversations, there are moments in ministry where I just want to say, don't be stupid, but I feel like I can't. This morning, I've got the liberty of the Scripture as my guide, and I want to say it clearly to you. I want to say it profoundly to you. Don't be stupid! Man, I'm uncomfortable this morning. Gosh, pastor called me stupid one too many times. Proverbs chapter 13, don't be stupid. The teaching of a wise is a fountain of life, turning a person from the snares of death. Whoever, in Proverbs 13 as well, disregards discipline comes to poverty and shame, but whoever heeds correction is honored. Proverbs chapter 15, those who disregard discipline despise themselves. They hate themselves, but the one who heeds correction gains understanding. Don't be stupid. We're going to look at Proverbs. We're going to look at some candid Proverbs. We're going to look at some more Proverbs that make you say, what? Don't be stupid. You know, there's people God's placed in your life 
who, who care for you, who have some understanding, that want to provide accountability to you. They want to come alongside and see nothing but the best for you. There's, I promise as your pastor, that's my desire for your life, is nothing but the very best. If you'll give me the opportunity to, to maybe correct or provide a little bit of instruction, I'm more than willing to do that in love. There are others that are friends. There are others that are, are your spouse that can do that in love, yet we don't pursue it because we don't value it. Why don't we do correction well? Because nine times out of ten when you correct someone, they don't want to be around you anymore. Why? Because we don't correct in love? Yes. But because we don't receive correction well. We don't do it with others and we don't do it with God. I mean, we get to that place with God where, where He corrects and, and he, he speaks to us and we say, oh, here He goes again. We're going to preach on this one, but as a dog returns to its vomit? That's a vivid one. So as a man who returns to their sin, He's given us the correction that we have need of. He's given us the instruction that will give us life. It will bring us value. You guys can come forward. I don't know how you play. I don't know if you got a Don't Be Stupid song, but. (laughs) God has given you the instruction. And you might say, well, Pastor, I I don't hate that instruction. Do you love it? You might say, Pastor, I'm not at the place where I I, I completely hate it. Do you despise it? Do you reject it? Do you not receive it? When He speaks to you, when He tells you, when, when you know without a shadow of a doubt that this is what God is saying, when He's saying go and you say no, when He's saying speak and you be silent. Let me tell you, there's life in obedience. There's life in following His instruction. There's good in in the words that He's speaking to you. Your Father loves you. He cares for you. He wants to see you succeed. I mean, I can't imagine Levi. I talked about this morning. He's been playing baseball, okay? He likes to toss a baseball. Hit a baseball in the yard. You see this? I'm Dad. I know a little bit about how to throw a ball. Bruce Dunn, let me teach you how to throw a ball. Tell them, use your knuckles, no fingers. Pick that ball. No thumb, just pick it up with your fingers. And you come over to the side and you throw it like this. Son, you don't want to play baseball. Keep your eye off the ball. Close your eyes when the pitcher throws the ball. You'll hit it every time. No, I love my son. So I'm going to tell my son how to throw a ball. I'm going to tell my son how to hold his elbow. I'm going to tell him how to hold the bat. He might not like it, but I might even stand behind him so he can swing the bat this time. Why? Because I love him and I want the best for him. Let me tell you, that's the God that that, that, that we have. That's our God. He loves you and he wants the best for you. And he'll speak to you and he'll show you. You say, Pastor, I don't know what he's saying. Then dig in the Word. 
Billy Graham's a smart man. Let's listen to his wisdom. Maybe if you don't know where to start, start with Proverbs. Read the chapter of the day. See what God speaks to you. Get into His Word and listen to what He's saying. Listen to the Spirit of God who He's placed inside of you. Father, I come to You this morning. And God, I pray that no one can call me stupid. God, I pray that when it comes to to, to instruction and discipline. God, I pray that when it comes to, to Your will for my life, when it comes to Your desires for me, God, I pray that, that, that there's a, a pursuit of knowledge. There's a pursuit of instruction and discipline. God, a, a hunger and a thirst for that. God, I pray that, that in our hearts that we would be so compelled at the life that is to come, so compelled so compelled by the promises of God that we would seek the treasure that is ours. God, I believe that You have nuggets that You desire to give each of us. Nuggets that will help us practically. Nuggets that will help us spiritually. Nuggets that will help us eternally, God, if we just seek them. The Word of God says, Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto me. God, in those moments where I don't listen, in those moments where I've detested, in those moments where I've hated the discipline that you were giving, God, the correction that you placed before me, God, I repent. I don't want to continue in those same mistakes. God, I don't want to continue to fail and continue to fail to the place that I just can't stand it when you begin to speak. God, I pray that my heart would be inclined to yours. I pray across this room, God, that we would have ears to hear. We would have eyes to see your word. That we would have hearts that receive your correction. Because we know who you are. Just like Paul and Silas in that prison, they knew who you were, so they trusted you. God, reveal yourself to us this day. Show us the fullness of your love. In Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, I'm just going to close the service. They're going to sing a song. If you say, Pastor, I've been pretty stupid. The best way to fix stupid, some people say you can't fix stupid. I say you can. It's called repentance. It's called acknowledging where you screwed up, confessing to God, confessing that I don't want to do this anymore. That's, that's the most intelligent thing. That's the smartest thing that you could ever do. You say, yeah, I screwed up. You say, yeah, I didn't listen. We've got a God that is faithful to forgive. We've got a God who will forgive you this time and He'll forgive you again tomorrow if you screw up again. He says, come to me. He says, come to me. That's where you'll find life. That's where you'll find forgiveness. So this morning, as they sing a chorus, if you say, Pastor, I've been pretty stupid, and I don't want to be stupid anymore. I want an opportunity to pray with you. I'm going to pray the smartest thing we can ever pray, which is submission to God's will for your life. It's God, tell me what you want. It's God, speak your instruction. It's God, show me your correction, and I'll do it. That's the prayer that we're going to pray this morning. Why? Because there's life. There's value. There's goodness there. 
So as they lead us in a chorus, if you'd like to respond, you're more than willing. Uh, I'm willing to pray or others are willing to pray with you this morning. In Jesus' name. The Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you, be gracious, be gracious to you. May He turn His face towards you and grant you His peace. And i got to say it one more time. Don't be stupid. Amen? Amen. Be blessed.